Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. worship. What an incredible time of worship. I'm so thankful that we get to worship in this house. I'm so thankful that we get to sing together. I'm, I'm never, um, I say this every week, but it's like there's just something about when you come into this room, and I just feel like the Holy Spirit met with us already, and I um, mean, I'm so glad that you guys are here today. If you're visiting for the very first time at Hope Church, we want you to know we're glad you're here today, and um, we'd love to invite you to be a part of all that God is doing. I do believe that we're going to have our best fall ever And I believe that we'll have our best fall ever if everyone does their part. And if everyone gets in and everyone does their part and we we help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. If everybody jumps in and does something, then we'll do what God's called us to do. We will reach the amount of people that God wants us to reach. We will serve the city, the well. And so we want to invite everyone here today, if you're brand new to this, we want to invite you to be a part of the story. If you have not gone through Next Steps yet, we want to invite you to be a part of Next Steps with us. We want you to sign up. you got to be there. you got to go to hopeintergarden.com. Click on events and sign up for next steps because we want to make sure that you're there. And if you're there, you'll hear more about what God is doing and we'll hear about, you'll hear about how you can be a part of all that God is doing at this church. So we want to make sure you sign up for that. Also, some of you guys at this church, you've been saved. God, God saved you. You've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, but you've not yet been baptized yet. <clears throat> a good way to start your fall is to get baptized. Like that would be the best thing that, the best way to start your fall would be if you got baptized. And so same website, hopeintergarden.com, events, same platform. You click on the baptism virtual class. Both of those classes are virtual. You got to get baptized. Some of you guys here tell you like, oh, when I said baptism, you got triggered. You're like, oh, shoot, he's talking to me. I am talking to you if you felt that way, but I'm talking to not just you, but there's a handful of you guys. Well, I was sprinkled or I was, you know, I'm just not ready yet or I'm afraid. Well, let's like, let's take this next step of obedience. God's called us all to, to take that step of obedience and believers baptism. And so we'd love for you to, to be a part of that with us. So sign up for that. Our favorite time of the year, there's two favorite times of the year is our 21 days of prayer. When you leave today, you'll grab a book that looks like this. Now, this is like, this is not the Bible, but this is the Bible partner for the next for you. Over the next 21 days, if you've never been a part of our, one of our 21 days of prayer, you're going to love it. You're going to be more endeared uh, to this. You're gonna like, this. I love this. I get to meet people. And more importantly, you're going to get closer to Jesus. Every time we've ever walked out of a 21 days of prayer, 20 days of prayer, God has done something miraculous, miraculous, and he's changed some people. And here's what I believe. The way that you end one season will determine how you go into the next season. I'm just going to say this to you as clear as I can say it to you. If you lock in with God for the next 21 days, incredible things are going to happen in your life. It's not going to eradicate all your problems. That doesn't happen. <clears throat> and sometimes those problems produce perseverance, which is what God's called us all to do. He wants us all to be perseverers. And so um, this is a SOAP journal. SOAP is an acronym for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And so these directions are very clear in there. You'll go to today is on today. We're in day one today. And today's prayer is on boldness. And there's an S and O and A and a P, and you'll get to journal. If you've never journaled before, you'll get to learn to journal. It's awesome. So you'll write down the scripture. You'll write it out. You'll write down some observations from Psalms 51. And then you'll, there's the letter A is application. God, what do you, God, what, what can I apply to my life? If you read the Bible, we're going to read a passage of scripture today. 
and I'm basically going to give you some scripture. I'm going to give you some observations I made. At the very end, I'm going to give you some application, and then I'm going to pray. It's how I preach all my messages to you guys. And so scripture, observation, application, and then you pray. Hey, God, I got this application, and I don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, like, hey, God, I got this application. Maybe, like, maybe there's, maybe there's a, a scripture on forgiveness. You're like, God, I know who I got to forgive. Help me to forgive them. That's, that's the prayer that you'd pray, okay? And so scripture, observation, application, and then prayer. What I want to draw your attention to is that we're going to be Facebook Live at 6.30 a.m. Monday through Friday for the next 21 days, Monday through Friday. On Saturday, we won't be Facebook Live. On Saturday, God willing, we'll be in our offices, which are right here to our right. Um, it was pretty, it, it grows every year, and we get more and more packed. So we, it will be here. If we won't fit in our office, we'll find another room. If another room's unavailable, we'll go outside and pray. Uh, how many of you guys know that we're in heaven, not in heaven, but in, uh, in the early days in the Bible, they didn't have big church buildings, okay? And so we, if we have to go outside in the 1,055-degree weather, <clears throat> we'll do it, but we'll meet with Jesus. Hopefully the Holy Spirit will cool us off, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so we will meet here, and uh, that's at 830. That's on the next three Saturdays, okay? So I think those are all the, those are the things that I wanted to make sure that you got today. I want to preach a message to you today called Less Opinions. More prayer. How many of you guys would be okay if you heard less opinions? Come on, all of us. When it comes time for elections, less opinions. You know my favorite, my favorite opinion during the elections? Uh, when someone starts off the phrase this, well, if I was the president, you, 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 and I'm thinking, you'll never be the president. <laughs> and you know what I believe about, you know what I believe about, the, about the president of the United States of America? That's a hard job. I don't know why anybody would run for that office. I'd be like, this, this, I don't know. I don't want it. You know, like four years later, they look like they've aged about 35 years. Habits, twerk, uh, habits, um, court. I'd be like, it's such a stressful job. That's not an easy job. That's why there's all these qualifications for it. Like, it's just not that, it's just not that easy. Less opinions. Like, I just, that would be so nice. How many of you guys are married and you'd like your spouse to quit giving you less? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That was a setup, but you guys are so smart. All the single people are like, what's wrong with opinions? I'm like, when you get married, you don't have any anymore. You just throw those away. <laughs> I was talking to a guy. I said, hey, your wife's hair. I was like, do you like it longer or shorter? And he's like, I don't have an opinion. I'm a smart husband. <clears throat> How many of you guys, your wife walks out, what do you think? Babe, I just, I just go, babe, I think what you think. <laughs> you like it? If you like it, I like it. You hate it? I hate it. What's it make me look like? Whatever you see is what I see, you know, like, <laughs> less opinions. I find so many times in our culture today, everyone's throwing out their opinions, and I just believe for us as a church, I would like us to lean into this statement over the next 21 days, and hopefully you'll lean into this statement for the rest of your life. So how many of you guys know that there's less opinions, and we should, we should take the energy that we put towards our opinions and put that energy towards having more prayer? People walk up to you and they're hurting and they're struggling. I, I go to East Winter Garden. This lady begins to tell me my, tell me what's going on. I said, you, I guess, you know what you need to do? She doesn't need my opinions. You don't need my, you, you don't need my, you don't need my opinions. You need me to, you need me to pray for you. That's what we need. We need more, we need more prayer. We need more prayer. We need more prayer in church. Some opinions are good opinions, by the way. Don't you leave going, Pastor West said not to listen to my wife anymore or bluffing my husband. <laughs> I was with one of our overseers this week and he goes, hey, I got to tell you something. You have blind spots, and I need to tell this to you. This is his opinion. This is the speed of my life, and I, I need that. I sit with our trustees, four godly men who are trying to, I'm accountable to them for the finance of this church. When they go, they go, when they go let me give you, uh, Eli's right there, and uh, Nelson's back there, and a couple of the other guys go to second service. When they go, hey, I'm going to give you my opinion. I'm going, okay, what do you guys got? 
Some opinions are good, but I think sometimes in our world today, our opinions are hurting us when we could be praying. Someone could come to you with tragic news, and you're like, well, let me tell you what I think. What you think right now is, is unimportant. You need to, need to pray. Whitney texted me last night, uh, Matt's, Matt's wife, and, hey, pray for my, my dad. He, one of his buildings at his, at his, um, at his, they have a business in Canada, and one of the buildings burnt down yesterday. How many of you know an opinion on uh, fire, fire prevention is, is irrelevant at that point? <laughs> like it just, we need to pray more. That's, that's the whole tenet of the next few weeks. Like we just need to, we need to pray more. We need to believe God. We need to be expected. All the things that Pastor Dave said last week, and they can be little prayers, but they better be expected prayers. We need to pray more. I had a guy walk in yesterday and, and say, hey, Pastor West, I need, I need to talk to you and begin to share some things with me. I go, hey, we, we just need to pray. And it changed the dynamic it changed that guy's day. It changed his attitude. The anxiety began to go down. The, the frustrations, the anger, it just lowered the room. How many of you know sometimes when you get in a fight with your spouse, you probably should just stop, stop and pray? You're like, well, how can you pray if you're fighting? You're like, I don't know. It's hard. You have to stop fighting for a few moments. You know what I'm saying? We need less opinions, more, more prayer. And Jesus, you know, this isn't like a message like, oh, I, just, I wrote this really, really good message. Like, it's, it's just right from the Bible. This is a soap. Like just, there's some scripture, some observations, some applications, some prayer. And Jesus talks about prayer in the scripture. But I do think this also, there's a lot of doing in scripture. There's a lot of doing in scripture. There's, not, there's, there's some prayer. He kind of says, hey, you need prayer. Prayer's got to be a baseline. Prayer's got to be an anchor. But we need to go out there and do so. Sometimes, some of y'all are like, Pastor West, you got to pray for my finances. Like, no, you need a budget. Like, there's some things that you got to do some work on. Pastor West, I just really, I'm just struggling with this addiction. No, you need to cancel your internet subscription. Like, that's what you need. Like, you want to quit looking at that? Like, just quit going online. Like, that's, that's an action step that you can, that you can do. Uh, pray for my marriage. No, go on a date night once a month, once a week, once a day. I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that just go put the work in. So I'm, I'm all about putting the work in. One of our values at this church is we do work. Put the work in. The work is worth it, but I think sometimes we get caught up and God's going, hey, I just, I just right now I need you to focus in on prayer. If we can lock in on prayer the next 21 days, we'll be able to create a habit, I believe, that will take us into this next season. And that will get us to the January 21 days of prayer, and that will, let us, that will lead us into quarter one, quarter two, to get us right back to where we're at today to pray again. We are building up prayers, and I believe the prayers that we pray today will be answered tomorrow. Or the prayers that we pray today will get us ready for tomorrow or down the road so we're going to sow and we're going to we're going to reap and sow but we have to sow first so jesus talks about prayer in matthew chapter 21 a very very awesome passage of scripture if you're anything like me and, and you're add'd out and when you read this pastoral scripture you get really sad over the last most of my most of being in ministry is i get really excited about the first three verses and i forget the next seven verses I'm like, that's so awesome. This is so cool. And I completely forget there's a whole thing called context. I just like the first two verses. I've got, must be, that's all God wanted me to get. I get so ADD out. But I want to show you something that's so cool in this passage of Scripture today. Matthew chapter 21, verse 12, Jesus enters into the temple, and he began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. And he knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. And I'm like, this is awesome. 
So I preached that passage of scripture when I was a youth pastor, Chris, and I had a table set up to the side, and I'm like, some of you guys need to live your life right. You're living like hell, and Jesus is giving you heaven. And I took the table, and I just flipped it over, and I walked out of the room. It was awesome. Kids were like, I want to get saved. <laughs> it was so awesome. I went to my office. I really was mad. I preached out of anger. It's not a good thing to do. You shouldn't preach out of anger. I went to my office, and Diane's like, hey, the kids want to know if we're still going to Tijuana Flats after <laughs> Priorities, you know what I'm saying? We went every Sunday night. So I'm like, this is awesome. One verse. Not even the part. That's not even the point of the story. Not even the point. The point is in verse 13. He says this, and there's a few more points, but verse 13 says this. So he says to these guys, hey, guys, my house, my temple, this house will be a house of prayer. This will be a house of prayer. And I would suggest to you today that this church, this house, what happens in this house can go into your house, but this will be a house of prayer. He goes, you guys do all the wrong things, we're going to pray. We will pray. This is a house of prayer, but you guys have turned it into a den of thieves. You guys have ruined it. And he's like, whose opinion was it, or whose idea was it, to start selling these animals for more than they're worth? They were messed up animals, and you're selling them for sacrifices, you're robbing from these people. They're coming to worship, and you've missed the whole point. And when we come here today and we, and we, we get to church, I hope for you. I was talking to Matt and I about this week. He was talking to a couple of his buddies and witnessing to these guys, and he's like, do you ever miss church? And Matt's like, yeah, I miss church sometimes. I, I have a job, and I travel, and do you feel guilty? And there are so many, and that's the question they ask. There are so many houses of God that are built on guilt and shame. You feel guilty, you feel shame, Give. You feel guilty and shame, you should serve. You feel guilty and shame, you should. And I'm just suggesting today, Jesus is going, hey, guys, it is, you ought to pray. This is a house of prayer. This is not a place where you come feel guilt and shame. You might feel conviction, and you should. I like conviction. You wonder why I like conviction? Because I could be better from it. God's going, you know what, that's not good. Conviction is a lot like a check engine oil light, by the way. When it comes on, go get, go get the oil change. Now, it's hypocritical because I'll wait thousands of more miles, but the point is, you guys should. Conviction is God's going, hey, you need to change your oil. There's something in your life. There's something in your life. You need to get that right. This is a house of prayer. Whose idea was it to sell these animals for worship for more than what they're worth? You're not even selling good animals. You're not even, sell, you're not even giving the good stuff. Like, this is, you guys, this is, should be a house of prayer. This should be a house of worship. You shouldn't come here because you feel guilty to come to church. Matt told the guy, I'd go because I want to go. God died on the cross. He rose again for me on the third day. I want to go worship God. That's why I come here. I come to pray. When I give, I used to give. I, I've, given a, I've given a lot. We, we, Diane and I try to, go up a, try to go up a percent in giving every year. We try to do that. Start at 10%, 11%, 12%, 13%. We keep on trying to up our giving because you can't outgive God. We don't do that out of guilt and shame. Like, I got to do this because I've got some sin. I'm like, I give it because I'm like, man, we're going to see people's lives change in East Winter Garden and in this city. And we're going to send kids to camp. And we're going to do more things. I, I give because I want to, this is a house of prayer. Like, this is God's house. I, God's changed me, so I want to come be a part of all that God is. All this. Because my house, we're going to be called a house of prayer. So verse 14, he goes, the blind and lame came into the temple and God healed them. Like, something happened here. Something incredible happened. He goes, like, like we, when we pray, incredible things can happen. And this is what happens. 
And then the leading priests and the teachers of religious law, they saw that he was doing, God was doing these things, these wonderful miracles, and he heard of the, even, even the children in the temple shouting. And they were going, praise God for the son of David, but the leaders were indignant. And like you, I was like, what's indignant? So I Googled indignant on the front row right there because I realized I didn't know what it was. It's a feeling or showing anger or annoyance at what is perceived as unfair treatment. God has put us in here, uh, put, God's put us on this planet to take care of people who have received unfair treatment. We're here to love and serve everybody, all people, all times, all places. This is clear. This, is, this scripture, the things that we do at this church, they're not, we're not making this stuff up. It's right from the Bible. And people push kids aside, push kids aside, and God's going, I'm here for the little children. That's why someone a long time ago, sometime, someone a long time ago wrote, Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the children of the world. And there's some more verses, but I grew up in a Baptist church. I don't remember what they were. I know there was more. He, and they're like, oh, kids are important. God's going, hey, it's actually childlike faith. There's so much about children in scripture, which is why I'm such a big proponent of everything Maggie and Ryan are doing down the hallway. That's why I'm going, hey, this is important. That's why tonight I'm going to come and serve. That's why when I go to youth group, I come and serve. Because I want to be a part of the children's lives being changed. I want that. I want to invest. You guys, it hit me really hard. Some of you guys in here that go to this church, it, it hit me really hard the other, just last weekend when I was thinking about giving at this church. It's imperative that you invest financially in this church because that investment is going to go to kids in middle school and high school that will one day serve your kids. Those of you guys that have little kids in here, our, our, our volunteer base is growing back there where Maggie serves. But it's not growing with a bunch of adults. It's growing with young people. This little girl graduated fifth grade, went into sixth grade, and she's back there. She, gets dropped, she comes on some Saturdays, and these guys are latching on to Maggie, and Maggie's investing in discipling these young girls. It's, your investment matters more than just why I'm giving. It's not just 10%. It's actually investing in the next generation. These kids that will come back from camp. We're taking 70 people to camp next week. Pray for us. 70 people to camp. Leaders, kids. I mean, we, when I say we, I mean they. 70. Those will be future nursery workers, investment workers. They're going to invest in your kids. Your investment matters. You're, when you give today, it's going to affect tomorrow. We're invested in these kids. So Jesus goes, hey, guys, this is a house of prayer. You guys want to see things happen. You better invest here. You better do the right thing. And then incredible things will happen. Verse 16, he says this. So they asked Jesus, do you hear what these children are saying? Yeah, he replied. Haven't you heard, read the scriptures? For they say, you have taught children and infants to give you praise. Jesus starts quoting scripture. I like when Jesus quotes scripture. It just reminds me that I should be quoting scripture. That I, if Jesus, like, I'd just be like this, you know what, you're stupid. And these kids are allowed to do that. But not Jesus. He just starts quoting more scripture. The author of the scripture is quoting the scripture. He went from being indignant to quoting scripture. Like, what a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful tension we find ourselves. I want to give my opinions, but Jesus is going, but here's some scripture. I'm sure Jesus wanted to be like, you guys are ridiculous. You guys, less opinions, more prayer. And then he returned to Bethany where he stayed overnight. Mic drop. I love how he just rolls into church like, hey, yo, it's about prayer. And then when we pray, miracles happen. I had a friend message me recently. Oh, I, 
this, you know, I'm seeing this thing happen, this thing happen, this thing happen. I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's the hand of God. It's the hand of God and then these things. And then these things. It's, it's, it's the hand of God. Less opinions. I'm going to give you two things on prayer really quickly. I'm running out of time. <clears throat> but I want to give you two things on prayer because I think we all can handle two things. And uh, you probably have heard these things. And I, at this church, I'm the CRO at this church, Chief Reminding Officer. <clears throat> all I'm doing is reminding you of things that you already know. So you won't like this. Psychologists say that the number one thing that people like to hear today is their own name. Point number one, prayer isn't about us. <laughs> like you just said that what the psychologists say, I know. I want to let you know that you like yourself. I want to let you know I like myself. But prayer's not about me. And prayer's not about, I'm going to pray and I'm going to see these things happen. No, you're going to pray. It's not about, it's not about you. This isn't about you. Prayer's not about you. Worship's not about you. Giving's not about you. Serving's not about you. Prayer isn't about Prayer isn't about us. He's like, hey, guys, this is not about you. But you know what it is about you? Your opinions are about you. <laughs> Your opinions are about what you like. And what we need to like is what God likes. What we need to be for is the kingdom of God. And it's basically opposite of everything you hear and see out there. Opposite of everything you hear and see. Everything just flipped upside down. The kingdom of God. Just, it's kingdom stuff. I'm about the kingdom. Prayer isn't about, prayer isn't about us. Your opinions are about you, and prayer is about God. So if it's not about you, it's about God. Prayer is about God. It's about saying, God, I can't do this, but you can I love this passage of scripture because here's what I love it. It says this, that um, the leading priests and teachers, religious law, they're all tight about it. They're mad. They're, they're frustrated. But this passage of scripture says that when they prayed, it says that the blind and the lame, they came to him in the temple and he healed them. That wasn't, that was God. I wrote down, opinions won't change anybody, but God can change everyone. There isn't any, hey, y'all, y'all, where'd that come from? Hey, y'all, here's some good news for you. There isn't anyone in this room in here today that God can't change. I met with a friend recently, and he was like, I'm just tired of messing up. It's so exhausting. So when's the last time you messed up? He gave me this time. And I go, you know what's so cool about that? That was a long time ago. <laughs> There's hope for you. God can change you. But God wants to change you, and God can change you. There isn't anyone out there. What's sad is that we sometimes begin to think a certain kind of way, and that way typically is counter- it's counter to the way God thinks. Because God, um, God has an infinite, infinity mindset. It's forever. 
And some of us are going, I just don't, like, he hasn't changed yet. He probably won't change. They haven't come yet. So they're probably never going to come. And I said to the friend that said that to me recently, or the friends that say that to me regularly, it's not over till it's over. And if God doesn't get them here and change them here, that may be the bad news. But the good news is, is that you learn how to beg to God. You learn how to ask God. Uh, Joanna and Tyson's uh, oldest son came to church. I'm like, man, it's so cool your son's here. And, and, and they say, I didn't, I, didn't know he, I didn't know he was coming. I, I said, where's the good church? Like, he hasn't been in church in a long time. We don't know about Joanna and Tyson. They pray for their kids. They want God to protect their kids. They want their, kid, they want the, they want their kids to grow up in a house of God and give to a house of God and serve the house of God the way they do. They want that for all their kids. He just came walking in. So just when you think your prayers aren't working, keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying works really good on a t-shirt, but it just came from 1 Thessalonians 5.17. <laughs> Never stop praying. Isn't it so, I love 21 days of prayer. Isn't it so cool that you guys have been here, I've preached you guys for 25 minutes today, and all you've just, you just got application from God's word. And we have access to this thing 24-7. It's a 24-7 hotline. We can go to God 24-7. We can go to God. He can, he can, we can speak to him, and we can go to his word, and he can speak to us. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stop praying. I'm just going to keep on praying. I'm not going to stop praying. I'm just going to keep going to get the T-shirt made. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. I know so many people that have prayed for things and they prayed for things, and they prayed for things, and they prayed for things. You know what they're still doing? Praying for the same thing. Still no answer. And they're praying that God would change something. And what I have watched happen over the last three years, some of you guys in here five years, looking across the room, people seven years, is that their situation hasn't changed, but they have. And it's so beautiful because Jesus didn't come to grant us all of our wishes. He came to raise dead people to life and to change us. And what's so cool is that God can change me. Why he's changing me, he's changing Joanna. Why he's changing Joanna, he's changing Nelson. Why he's changing Nelson, he's changing Ryan. Why he's changing Ryan, he's changing these guys in the front row. God's just changing. Matt, would you just pray that my friend Julian comes to church? Just pray that my friend Julian comes to church. Just pray that my friend Julian comes to church. I'm like, Julian ain't coming. <laughs> like, he hasn't answered yet. Julian walks in, leaves, keep praying. Like, he needs, like, I don't want him to come to church. I want him to be the church. I'm like, he ain't going to be the church. But keep praying. Kept praying, kept praying. This young man has prayed, 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 prayed. This guy is here, got baptized at our church, and he's taking our kids to camp tomorrow. He's a camp counselor. We'll let anyone be a camp counselor. <clears throat> We just kept praying. And community, I'm gonna get, I'm not preaching next week, so I'm gonna get, I could preach as long as I want to today. Ryan's gonna hit a home run next week. You're gonna hear, you're gonna hear from our kids next week. Don't miss next week. Our kids are gonna be sharing things. Some of you guys are gonna hear childlike faith next week. It's gonna some some of our kids next week are gonna change your your life next week. They're gonna they're gonna be a conduit for change for you. You're gonna hear these kids deliver. 
that Ryan's going to get up there and put a button on that thing. It's going to be an incredible day in the house. I love the next generation because a church that's for the next generation never dies. Never dies. I am so tired of meeting with guys about their churches dying. I'm so tired of that. Tired of two things. Talking to guys about their churches dying and talking to pastors who don't like their churches. I'm going, you know the common denominator? (laughs) You. You're the common denominator. Be the change. Go invest in some young people and watch your church change. Put them on the front row. Let them worship. You want your church to quit dying? Quit catering to people who are trying to get you to do things that God's not telling you to do. Come pastor an awesome church like mine, like this one. I told Joey yesterday, Pastor Joey, I said, I love our church. I love everyone in our church. And I love this church. This place, I want to be here all of the time. And I prayed for the church like this. I was with a guy last night, and he was telling me, this is one of my favorite churches. He visits visits a handful of churches um, because of his situation, his work life, all the things. He's like, I love this church. And I was like, do I do too? I think one of the things that it is, because it, this, is, this is a house of prayer. There's some prayers, some people are praying here. One of my favorite things that we do is we pray for all these chairs. Before people even get here, at 8.30, we pray. And I believe the miracles that happens, the change happens because people prayed in these seats. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.